Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. Everything's going dark. I don't feel good, Mr. Stark. Oh no, there went Spider-Man. Oh, we're talking about Ant-Man. Hey everyone, this is Chris, and you're listening to One Cross Radio, and today we are rejoined by Pastor Steve, Steve Lambert. Steve, how you doing, buds? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing all right. Waking up on a second cup of coffee. Uh, that Spider-Man meme was something I came across the other day, and it's it's been stuck in my head ever since, and I, I just love it so much. <laughs> you come from a dark place, Chris. <laughs> it's, it's entertaining. It's making light of something that was... I respect the crap out of out of that movie, but as you just said, today we're here to talk about a different movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the time this post goes up, it's going to be about a a month late. Yeah, but uh, that sometimes happens with us just due to schedules and stuff. It's how we roll. We roll like this. Uh, <laughs> at some point, we got to do one on the fast movies. It's just like all at once. <laughs> yes. Uh. Um. Alright, so, as Steve alluded to, today we are talking about Marvel's latest movie and uh, final one in the MCU for the year, Ant-Man and the Wasp. So, Steve, we uh, we saw this together. I we saw- did, that's true, I forgot about that. I know, that was yeah. a nice surprise. Um, and, I, <laughs> and I saw it with, uh, with Jill... Uh, a couple days before. Have yeah. you seen it again since? Or no, just, I haven't. Just, just the one, one time. One yep. time? So what were your thoughts, man? Uh, I liked it. I I think it did a really good job of kind of doing what it was trying to be, which was just a funny movie. Yeah. Uh, low stakes. Yeah. Um, a lot like the first one in that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a little bit bigger than the first one, kind of going some places that, that hadn't gone. Um, I really enjoyed the Hot Wheels cars <laughs> especially with Lewis yeah. uh, and uh, the truth serum and uh, those kinds of things I thought the ghost made for some pretty cool action scenes um, however I didn't love what they did with the villains in the movie I think that was the biggest thing for me that I didn't like was hmm. uh, I just kind of felt like the, the bad guys were kind of jokes and the ghosts they kind of made sympathetic and yeah, it was. It ended up kind of falling flat on the villain side of things for me, but it, I had fun with it. That's fair. I think in some way, though, that... Well, it definitely was a deliberate choice just because, well, that's how they did the movie. Mm-hmm. But in some way, I think it was done to maybe subvert uh, the Marvel villain problem in a way, where it's like, I'm big and generically evil, and I do big and generic evil things. Yeah. Like, um... Yellow Jacket. I can't even remember, even remember the character's name. Darren Cross. There we go. Thank you. Like him towards the end, it's just like, well, I'm evil and I'm I'm evil and this is making me crazy, so yeah. I'm doing eviler things. And you you didn't get that. So yeah, you had the subvillains who were just there for humor, um, but the ghosts they they varied it up. And then Lawrence Fishburne, it's like. He's bad, but wait, no, he's he's doing a good thing. Yeah, I, I actually liked Lawrence Fishburne's role in it. Yeah, uh, I just thought the whole uh, problem with Ghost was like so conveniently solved with the Wasp having quantum healing powers at the end. Like yeah, that was uh, that was Janet, just sort of out yeah. of out of the yeah sorry the original Wasp having like what's it's kind of out of the blue and I and she talks about like she's evolved yeah. So, like I, I just didn't know like what to make of all of that, and I, I, I heard a rumor online about the idea because you know there was that weird southern guy that was like the actual bad guy with his goons, mm-hmm. and that he was trying to work for this unnamed buyer. So somebody apparently tweeted that they had an inside source that said the un, unknown buyer was Norman Osborn. That'd be interesting. Uh, yeah, and but here's the thing, like. If they're going to eventually go down that road, why not make Norman Osborn the bad the bad guy in this movie, and then the ghost could be working for him as like an actual you know corporate espionage thing, and then you got the goofy goons and like the serious goon without this weird, I can just touch you and heal you with my quantum evolution powers at the end. Like I, I don't know, but right. that was that was my the, the sort of the thing that kind of just fell flat for me. But I really in, in general yeah. enjoyed the movie. Yeah, with that I, I haven't heard that rumor, but with that it might be a. Because even though Marvel has the rights to do mm-hmm. Spider-Man movies, Sony still, like Sony still owns 
right. the rights. Yeah. So at this point, it could be uh, that's in our back pocket. Yeah. Like we'll reveal that later once we because I think the deal with Spider Man is for three movies. Yeah, it's true. And then number two is is uh, coming up next year. So it could be a we've got we've got this in our back pocket, but we can't reveal it yet just because. Yeah. Sony might be a nah nah. We're since we're establishing our Spidey verse. Yeah. Although one of those movies got canceled. Yeah. Um, no no no. It hasn't got canceled. It's just it's, not in production. It's anymore. just not in production. Which it's not taken off the list. Yeah. Like so, yeah. It, that could be a thing where they're taking the wait and see approach, yeah. much like with Civil War, where they had two drafts of the script, one with Spider Man, one without. But you know what though? The Russo brothers have said there actually wasn't another. They just really? they, they were like, well, we're doing Spider Man, and they 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 told the Marvel Studios they had another version, but they never really did. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, um, so they would have had to scramble if they hadn't gotten it. Oh, uh, okay. But okay. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah. the end of the Spider Verse cartoon movie that that uh, Sony's doing looks like it's got a lot of hype around it, and people are excited yeah. about it. Venom doesn't. No. So no, I don't. I don't Venom expect that not. Venom is going to do well, and. I well, think Sony just needs to get their crap together and realize, like, nobody uh, wants their movies. Just keep working <laughs> with MCU. See, I, I definitely agree, but it won't it won't surprise me though if Venom ends up making making some money. I'm sure it will. Just in the sense of like, R-rated comic book movies are kind of hot right now, uh, and that's a character that lends itself to it. Mm-hmm. So it. Might be, it might attract an audience. I know I'm going to see it, but I'm apprehensive about it the entire time. Yeah, just because it's like I love this character. I'm yes, I'm going to see it, but it's. I, mean, I don't Tom, like the look of it. Yeah, Tom Hardy is a, a good actor. Yeah, so. yeah, very good one. We'll see. Um, back to Ant Man and the Wasp. Like I think, if they get a third movie, um, mm-hmm. that they're going to dive into this and beforehand I was like it's a shoe and they're going to get a third movie but then they also deliberately did the question mark at the end yeah um, well that's that's just because like oh no we've killed all of our heroes how well, could there possibly be more Marvel after this like, but that, well also Peyton I think Peyton Reese spoilers by the way yeah sorry although at this point it's been a month it's, it, we're good it's also um, yeah but at the end like I read a thing from him later where he's like we've got plans for a third one we want to do a third one, but mm-hmm. it's not an absolute guarantee. Mm-hmm. That it's not an, it's not a hundred percent certainty that there's a third one. So if there's not, that that mid credits ending definitely made it uh made it worth like wraps it up where it's like okay now we don't get the answers ever because well well I mean everything that happened in that mid credits thing is going to be undone in Avengers four right like they're they're not going to leave them dust. Although, in the wind. In the sense of, and this is something we're going to loosely talk about later, but in the sense of there's been some stuff going on and allegations against um, Michael... Keaton? No, nope. not Keaton. <laughs> not Keaton. Keaton's amazing. Um, uh, Douglas. Michael Douglas. So if they ever want, even though they're, I haven't heard anything from where it's like 100% like, yes, it's confirmed, like mm. anything blown up since the initial things... If they want it to be like, we're just going to avoid the controversy and avoid the fuss, they've gotten out now. Yeah, I guess so. I haven't, of, heard, I haven't uh, heard anything about that. but It surfaced, I think, earlier this year that there okay. were some allegations against him that oh, he denied. Okay. I haven't heard anything beyond that. Mm. But if they ever were like, we want an out, we want no must, no fuss, they've got it now. Well, I'm pretty sure that Avengers 4 is just going to be Batman showing up with a dustpan and, and brush, collecting all the dust up, and then rehydrating them so that they all speak the wrong <laughs> language at the end. <laughs> That's that's basically what's going to happen what? in Avengers Four. You know what? If uh, that is the only other ending I'd love, <laughs> ex- uh, the only one I want more is the introduction of Squirrel Girl just beating Thanos off screen. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. As for the movie on the whole, it's something I said to you after we saw it. Um, I really liked it. For me, it was an, and I've seen it online, and I agree. It was a pa- it was a nice palate cleanser. Mm. Um, and I'm wondering in the back of my head, it, it well, they didn't plan it. It just worked out that way. With the villains being so different, I think it's because they, in my head, it's like, well, you had Killmonger, who, even though I had my issues with Black Panther, was a great villain. Mm-hmm. You had Thanos, who is the villain mm-hmm. and was amazing. It's yeah. like, after those two, 
you're not really going to have any competition. So is it, do we go with where the criticism's been or do we just try to do our own thing? And for me, that worked. Yeah. Um, but it was a great palate cleanser. Like the original Ant-Man after Age of Ultron and the majority of the Phase 2 films where it was all like, the world's in jeopardy. The galaxy's in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Like Hydra's going to wipe out thousands of people per minute mm-hmm. once they get these things up. Like it was a nice smaller movie. So with this one, even though it was bigger than the first Ant-Man, it was yeah. still a nice small movie. Right. And I think that's but I, I that's a pattern I dig with the Ant-Man movies yeah. where it's like we've got small characters. Yeah. So. Well, and and I guess like the thing about like the the ghost is if they want to go for the goofy movie, the ghost is one of the goofiest villains there is, right? Mm-hmm. The, in, in the reality of the like in the car, in the comics, the ghost is this character who's this complete wimp, and so he never takes. It's a guy in the comics, never takes off his costume, so he stinks, and he's like, <laughs> like he's got he's usually has flies around him in the comics. Like, you know, why wouldn't you go down that route instead of making her this you know sympathetic sort of right. character whose life was father's life was ruined by like I don't know, I just didn't buy that at all. That's so fair. I think they could have done something better there. The, the, and that that that's fair. I didn't know so much about the ghost comic character, yeah. but I think that's one of those things that works in that medium and yeah. not so much in. In this one, I don't know. I feel like if anyone could have pulled it off, fighting a stinky character, it's Paul Rudd. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um, I really liked. I think yeah. one thing I'll say is I really, really liked um, the change in relationship between uh, Scott Lang and his family in this one. Yes, I really liked yes. the house arrest stuff. I really liked uh, the way his daughter's grown up a little bit, and like you know, just him hanging out with his daughter, you know, reenacting the yeah. the tunnels stuff with Lewis and. Uh, the fact that you know his ex-wife and and her husband have a you know a better relationship with him now and they're, oh, yeah. you know, they're kind of like I really and and just like all that stuff we had to get back there and um, was it Detective Wu or whatever had to convince him that he was still there and it was like all that stuff was really done well yeah um, it was yeah. very heartwarming like mm-hmm. it was a it was a heartwarming almost family comedy yeah um, like when Marvel does their their comedies out of the Guardians movies. And Thor Ragnarok, like not taking anything away from them except for maybe Guardians 2. Mm. Um, like those are genuinely funny, but they're uh, some of it's adult humor, some of it's a little more crass, some of it's observation. It's more like junior high humor than adult humor, but yeah. Yeah, okay, that's fair. <laughs> um, but then in this one, it's there is a lot of humor, but there's not really any sexual humor. Mm. Um, there's a lot of little family moments. And I loved the detective guy, mm-hmm. uh, Cassie's father-in-law, like just being so embracing of Scott. Like, Stepfather. Stepfather, sorry. Yeah, she's not married. <laughs> right, right. My bad, my bad. Um, like at the first where he's just running like, let me get in here and giving yeah. him the hug. And yeah. then with the, the recurring magic trick joke being like, how do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> I loved that. I loved yeah. seeing that. Um, the other great scene was when he shrinks down partway and looks like a little kid running around the school. Yeah. And then, you know, gets in the car and, and uh, Hank Pym's like, oh, I have your juice box. He's like, really? <laughs> really? I, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, that was just a good bit, right? That, oh, your your suit's not functional, so it's going to grow and shrink at random times. And and I it, liked, was, it was well done. I like that they called that back. And it was cool that they uh, they referenced Goliath within the movie, uh-huh. but without, ne- without like, showing it. Because... You don't need to. No. Like, Hank Pym's had, what, like five aliases? Yeah. And well, I mean, in the he... comics, they go into, like, his identity crisis being with his anxiety and this later revealed bipolar disorder and his mental health issues where... Yeah. Well, even in the comics for a time, he was, like, just Hank Pym the scientist who carried this jacket and pants that had lots of pockets in them that he carried all these shrunken down instruments in and so he would just like pull them out in the 80s and help people and like they've had a lot of subtle references to stuff like that the first movie Darren Cross the bad guy in one of the scenes is wearing this jacket with like these huge pockets on it right and it's like that's just right out of the comics that Hank Pym used to wear so I mean they've had these little bit of references but even in the comics at one point Hank Pym gives up altogether and or maybe he's Yellow Jack at that point, and um, Clint Barton, Hawkeye, becomes mm-hmm. Goliath, right? So, I mean, there's just so much history f- yeah. that you don't need to have in this. No, no. I and mean, they've gone right past Hank Pym and gone to the Scott Lang yeah. version of, of Ant-Man. So. Which I think I, I think works and makes sense. Yeah. Um, especially because they 
didn't include Hank Pym and Janet from the ground up. Yeah. So it's like, okay, we need someone young, but we can't have it be Hank because then that'll mm-hmm. tick everybody off. Um, your mentioning of the pockets, I think that's a precursor to the uh, the 90s pouches era. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, back to the movie. I loved the use of the, like, bringing back the supporting players from the first movie. Yeah. They had a smaller role. But I think that worked. Yeah, and it like it was a great balance. Lewis was still hilarious. I love yeah. that they still worked in a Lewis speech. Yeah, which I'm still desperately hoping eventually for a uh, maybe after Avengers four, you just get him summing up like the history of the MCU. Yeah, or something where it's everybody's talking like him. It's something that everybody loves, and they haven't done it to death yet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah the, and then they they changed it up enough with the truth serum part. Yeah, uh, was was quite funny. Yeah, and, and I liked I, I liked what they did with it, where they're like the XCOMs doing security, like mm-hmm. trying to do good things. Like, and I not. think I think Scott Lang does something like that in the comics too, right? Not, yeah, so. yeah. It was I after watching the movie, I'm like, I haven't read many Ant Man comics. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've read one solo Ant Man issue in my I time. I don't know that I ever have. Where yeah. I just bored somebody, like it was, <clears throat> I just skimmed through it. Yeah. I so, just know him from the Avengers, like both versions of them. Yeah, like, from yeah. Reading Avengers or West Coast Avengers or whatever. And then, uh, I re- yeah, I really like the movie. For me, um, the smaller stakes. I've been beating. I've been beating this point to the ground, but I really appreciated it because, and it was a nice, funny movie. After all the real life uh, political implications and hype around Black Panther, mm-hmm. and then. The culmination of 18 previous movies and 10 yeah. years of viewing in Infinity War, which I absolutely loved, it was nice to just be like... Something different. This is light. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. What did you think about the whole Quantum Realm rescue mission thing with Janet and all that like subplot? How did you feel about that part of the movie? Didn't bother me at all. No? I, I mean, I, and I guess, yeah, like I, I thought it was okay. Like they, they obviously set it up and needed to do it. It just kind of felt a little bit out of place, I thought, with the rest of the tone of the movie. Right. Um, uh, and, yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, technically that was the central conflict of them trying to get this done while these other people are after their technology. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it just felt a little bit weird. I did like the, the shrinking um, laboratory that they could take around, like a, <laughs> yeah. like a suitcase. And also, I don't know if you noticed when they're walking around the laboratory, a lot of the pieces of the laboratory are made out of, like, paper clips that they've made really big for part of the dial. I didn't yeah. notice that. And, and apparently, like, I think I read an interview. I, I noticed that while we were watching it. I read an interview. They were saying, like, stuff that they didn't even show in the film was, like, <laughs> you know, just they just made really big knobs that should have been, like, on an oven or whatever. Use right. that for something. And, like, <laughs> they just, you know, they did a really cool uh, piece with that. Nice. But, um, one thing I, if I could pinpoint one thing I didn't like about the movie, it didn't actually have anything to do with the movie itself, but it's marketing. Mm. Because after Infinity War, they were like, the Ant-Man trailer's going to drop. And it had all the cast of Infinity War being like, where was Ant-Man? Where was yeah. he? Where was Scott? You'll find out in this movie. And it was a big point of the movie of like, where was Ant-Man? But in the movie itself, they don't really address it where it's just like, he's on house arrest and that's it. Yeah. And and really, he probably can, wasn't can, under house arrest anymore because it seems like all of the fin- Infinity Wars kind of happens. Like there's that post credit scene or mid credit scene or whatever that seems like. I mean, Infinity War took a couple of days, right? So he might have even been out of house arrest and just not. Well, and that's the and that's the thing. They like in Infinity War, it's like where's Clinton Scott? Well, they're under house arrest as part of a plea deal. That's all you needed, right? Like, that's wasn't, all you there wasn't needed. anything else. Yeah. And then for this, it's like. Yeah, like you just said, it kind of raises a question. Like, when did Scott get out? Could they have bro- could they have broken him out? And it's like, no, Scott's under house arrest, and maybe it, maybe him and Janet and them <clears> have <throat> been off the grid where you can, or not off the grid, but you could buy it. Like they're off in their own science world, being yeah. like, we've got to save our ghost friend. Yeah. So they're not paying any save our attention. Mom. Yeah. So. Yeah. I that mean, that's the only flaw and that's not in the movie, that's in the marketing. Sure. But Well the the biggest flaw in the marketing I think was the fact that they showed the post credit scene in the trailer. <laughs> Which I when I saw it the first time and I saw what the post credits was, mm-hmm. like I knew there was two credit scenes and they're like the mid credits ties into Infinity War. Well so does the post credits actually. 
How? Cause because the they, 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 yeah, but they, they pan through his apartment and then they finally get to the ant playing the drums for the rock band. But as they're doing it, it's like, um, like static and like a test signal on the TV. Oh, like that. So like the idea of being I didn't like even catch that. Shut down. Yeah. Okay. I didn't catch that. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. The mid credits was much more so mm-hmm. where beforehand I had said, um, just cause the reoccurring theme of Chris apparently likes really dark things. Yeah. Would have been like if they, if they snap Cassie, like if they, just cause that would have been the gut. Well, well that's, that's what I thought was going to happen too. I thought he was going to be like reading her story and she's oh, going to disappear. Man. And so he's like, I need to find the Avengers, you know, yeah, like, but which I like on one hand, I still wanted just yeah. cause it would have been like, that is a gutsy move. If you want to give the art uh, audience, the biggest heart punch. Yeah. That's that. Because even people who don't like the Ant-Man movies, I haven't seen a single p- person complain about the relationship between Cassie and, and Scott. Like, yeah. that's the most loved thing out of this franchise. Um, so if you wanted to gut punch the audience, that would have been it. That being <clears> said, the way they ended it, where they ended it, mm-hmm. I, I really liked. So it's going to... Like, they're going to have to... in. Uh, Avengers 4 explain yeah. how they get him out of the Right, so, realm. I mean, here you go, big spoilers for the, the post credit scene. Yeah. After they defeat everybody, they send him back into the quantum realm to get the healing energies so they can continue to help the ghost, which, again, I think is kind of dumb. But uh, they put him down there, and they're going to take him up. There's a countdown clock, and all of a sudden, there's nobody answering on the other end of it. Mm-hmm. And all three of them have turned to dust because of the Thanos snap. Yeah. Uh, and he's stuck in the quantum realm at the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, what do you think is happening there? Uh, him stuck in the like, what's gonna? How's that gonna play out in Avengers Four? They're going back to a lot of technologies in Avengers Four. Like we've stuff's been released where uh, set like set photos and stuff where it's like they're incorporating the I hate the acronym, but the BARF technology that they used in. Uh, in Civil War, where Tony was doing the flashback. Yeah. So they're incorporating that. It's not time travel, but it's going to, I think, certain memories or yeah. different dimensions. So with the quantum realm, they're going to definitely be incorporating some of that somehow into it. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, maybe they'll use some of the healing energy mm-hmm. uh, with certain characters. I'm not sure, but you know they're going to have to break Scott out. What yeah. I'm crazy interested to see is how it affects him. Like, Janet came out fine. Yeah. But, well, Scott. Hmm. One of the things that I did, I heard an interview with uh, Tom Holland and... Um, the spoiler machine. Yeah. Tom, <laughs> Tom Holland was with, uh, what's his face? Benedict Cumberbatch. Ah, talking the spoiler about, canceller. Yeah, well, he didn't get, catch him this time. But uh, talking about, you know, their roles in upcoming Avengers. And I know that at the end of it, they're both gone, right? Yeah. But he was saying, you know, in the next movie, they both have these lines about, like, or, or he's like, uh, it's harder for Benedict because he has all these lines about quantum this and quantum that and I just got to be there like oh that's cool <laughs> so obviously Doctor Strange has some connection with the quantum realm is going to some in some way yeah like I mean there's been all these theories about they're not actually dead they've just been reduced into the quantum realm themselves and yeah I don't know how that works because it seems like they were turned to dust to me but right um, I think that would be a bit of a cheat but I'm sure in some some way this quantum realm is going to be essential in defeating Thanos and they're going to meet up with him there and bring him out and yeah uh, however that plays out yeah and then Ooh. before we continue funny side story uh before jurassic world fallen kingdom came out i read an interview with chris pratt mm-hmm. where he was like tom holland spoiled jurassic world fallen kingdom for me yeah uh because uh holland was filming spider-man homecoming yeah. on the same set that the director of fallen kingdom was whose name i forgot was filming a movie and they had worked together in the past so they were friends and then yeah. he was like so you're doing the next Jurassic. Tell me about it. And then the director spilled the beans to yeah. Tom. And then when Tom was filming Avengers with Pratt, he was like, dude, do you know what happens? And yeah. he tells Pratt what happens. And Pratt's like, what? I haven't read the script. No way. <laughs> yeah. He reads the script. He's like, freaking Holland? <laughs> yeah, I heard that too. Uh, good story. Tom Holland just can't help himself. Bless that well, kid. Did you saw what he did with the new Spider-Man movie, hey? No, what did he do? Someone He was on Instagram Live or whatever, and he was like... Uh, I know you guys have questions about the new Spider-Man movie. I can't tell you anything. I just got the script and he holds it up. 
It's got the title of the movie yeah, on it. I saw Spider-Man: yeah. Far From Home. Oh my gosh! Uh, and uh, yeah, so that was pretty funny. But so go back to this quantum thing and, yeah. and this idea of the evolution part of it that mm-hmm. she says I haven't just changed, I've evolved. Yeah. I read a theory also online that that might be Marvel's backdoor to bringing in mutants. Right. Yeah, because you know, in the like in the original '60s comics, it was you know nuclear radiation had caused these these. I mean, obviously that kind of gets retconned out because then you've got. Um, Namor, who's been a mutant for hundreds of years, and even uh, uh, El- and Sabat Nur or Apocalypse, who's yeah. been a mutant for thousands of years. But um, that was originally it. So I mean, there's this idea that maybe the quantum radiation from using the quantum realm will bring in mutants, and then right. we'll have X Men. Um, which brings the the wider question, which we can talk about in a later later episode, uh, and we're going to touch on the reality of this later in this one, sure. but I'm wondering how they're going to explain how mutants are hated, but superheroes are loved. Because that... Racism. That, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like, that's that's something that they're... It, it's going to be difficult, and it's a fair question that people have brought up any other time, where it makes sense when X-Men is its own isolated thing. Yeah. Because it's not like, oh, there's Spider-Man. We love Spider-Man. He's like a mutant, but not. Yeah. But it's like, oh, wait, no. You were born with your powers. We hate you. We yeah. fear you. Yeah. doesn't make... Anyways. Well, and even in the comics, though, too, like, there's a difference between the people that <laughs> got superpowers in, through some accident or whatever and then have children. Their children are born with powers, but they're still not mutants because they weren't mutated. They were just... Right. They, you know, like... Yeah, and they, they really have a really fine line in the comics about what makes a mutant a mutant. But I'm just uh, I'm curious how they're going to explain that, or if they're even going to go that route. Well, in in the um, the Agents of Shield show that's had the Inhumans in it. Yeah. I mean, not the Inhuman show, which was terrible, but the Agents of Shield, which has, was canceled. Inhumans was canceled. Yep. Yeah. Well, obviously, um, Agents of Shield though has not been. No, no um, it's not. They, you know, they have all these people that turn into these humans, and they just all of a sudden have powers, and they're like ruining things around them. So, like, you know, a guy all of a sudden has metal melting powers, and just starts destroying things by accident, and so that causes this panic around them. That all of a sudden, these people who don't know how to control their powers have powers that are causing, you know, mayhem. And it's also with the Inhumans, it's alien DNA that's been latent in the people that gets triggered by this this thing. So now there's this whole xenophobic, you know, we hate aliens kind of thing where we're right. invaded. So they kind of go that route. So I, I, it's obviously different with mutants. I mean, yeah. they haven't had Inhumans in the in the main in the movies, um, but like there's also this division in the comics between superheroed power superpowered people, mutants, and Inhumans, and there's other other races yeah. as well. And like so, it's I mean it's. It's tricky, but you could do something similar to what they did in the the TV series with the uh, the Inhumans. Right, right. If you're going to lift anything out of that. So where would you put Ant-Man and the Wasp, or how would you rank it, or how would you rate it, or what grade would you give it? Oh, man. Because um, I, I sent you a thing, and, yeah. and I actually put it just above the original Ant-Man, and I actually put it below Black Panther. Right. Which I know that we had that thing where I said I didn't love Black Panther, but my point was I liked it. I just didn't love it as much as everyone else seemed to love right. it. I can't believe that it's the highest grossing one, even above Infinity Wars, and Infinity Wars not going to catch up with it. Wow! Yeah, I like didn't it, know it's that. like uh, six hundred and ninety-nine million and six hundred and seventy-seven million Damn. domestically. Globally, Infinity War is higher, but domestically, right. they've got about twenty-two million on. Right. Uh, they've been out longer, but there's just no way that we're going to make up that with Infinity War. Uh I don't know. I'll have to like where I'd rank it overall on my list. Like yeah. I did a I did a list uh, as a post right before Infinity War, and I haven't even put Infinity War on that list yet. Although it, I put it in the the top three. This might be something I revisit towards the end of the year sure. once both are out on DVD or Blu-ray or Netflix, and I can rewatch them again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I. Probably put I I'd put it above the original Ant Man. Yep. Um, and I'd still put it above Black Panther. I'm sorry, people who love Black Panther. Like, it's your opinion. You don't yeah. Need to apologize. No, no, no. Well, people get upset, and I'm not trying to. A lot of people have said it in a trollish way, and that's not where this is coming from. For yep. me, a lot of these movies are. I can recognize that Panther was a better made movie. Mm-hmm. I just didn't enjoy it yeah, as much fair. as I enjoyed this one. So with this list and where I place it, a lot of it is based on enjoyment factor, not just this is the like this was the best made movie. Sure. Um, so I don't know overall, but 
I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Definitely better than uh, first two Thors, second mm-hmm. two Iron Man. Uh, it's high up there. I really, really liked it. Yeah. I, I put it... So my, my list right yeah, now, the yeah, top ones are... I, and I think will always be Winter Soldier. Yeah. I just think that was... I mean, I think it would be really hard to beat that one. Joel uh, and I watched it again just... Uh, Saturday night, yeah, a whole time or Saturday afternoon, a whole time. I was like, This movie's amazing, yeah. And then I have Infinity War, and then I have Spider Man Homecoming, and then mm-hmm. Civil War, Iron Man, Thor Ragnarok, Avengers, Black Panther, Ant Man and the Wasp, and then I got Ant Man, Guardians, First Captain America, Doctor Strange, Dark World, Iron Man 3, Incredible Hulk, Age of Ultron, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Thor, and Iron Man 2. So that's my list, but I mean, that's subjective. Yeah, to some level, but yeah, I mean, this is top third for sure, uh, or maybe top half. I don't know, <laughs> top half. Uh, anyway, so yeah, yeah. Shall we move on to the other news segment, or do you have more to uh, say? One thing I did want to say is Chris I, has more to say, guys. Buckle up. <laughs> uh, one thing I've <clears throat> seen a lot of people commenting online, and it seems divisive, uh, was how much uh, the wasp was prominently featured. And they were, uh, I've seen some people complain, like, well, the movie should have been called Wasp and Ant-Man, almost, but not in a... That's not even from people troll like from people trolling. Because she like, was in it more than Ant-Man? She was in it more than Ant-Man, and okay. she was given a lot more focus. But to me, I'm like, that... It makes sense in a couple ways. Like, Scott's had <coughs> a full movie of, like, main focus, hmm. plus a great a great 20-minute sequence in Civil War, where at points he was stealing the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and his character was still the heart in driving the story. Yeah. But even even going back to the first Ant-Man, like, the whole thing was Hope was always the better fighter than him, more focused than him. Mm-hmm. Like, that's something going back where the reason he was Ant-Man and she wasn't was because he was viewed as expendable. Yeah. Hope wasn't. Yeah. So her being the superior fighter, being, like, better in the suit and a driving force on like getting the missions carried out yeah i had no beef with it it made sense and the character was now on equal footing so you needed to play some catch up and i kind of felt watching it that while hope was given a bit of an arc and obviously was the better fighter better superhero the story was very much still about ant-man oh yeah and like he was the more interesting character he had more important like I, again, maybe it was just because I didn't buy the whole going to the quantum realm to save mom part, but or as uh, our Canadian actress Evangeline Lilly would say, mom. Uh, <laughs> I love that her accent comes out every time she says the word mom. She did it in Lost, and she does it here too. Uh, anyway, um, actually, there's an interview with her and Paul Rudd, I think on Rotten Tomatoes, where he just makes fun of her accent all the way through. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's awesome. Nice. Uh, anyway, but... Um, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't think she even got as much like she was a uh, the, the titular character along with Ant Man. But I, I felt like it was very much still an Ant Man movie. Oh yeah, and w- she was. She's just not as interesting a character. She's kind of bland and intense, but a good a good fighter, right? Whereas he's funny and has a an interesting arc with his daughter and all that kind of stuff. I I definitely enjoyed her character more this time around. Mm-hmm. Like I th- that I thought they gave her more to do. I liked Evangeline. Evangeline Lilly's performance in the first one, but this one substantially more. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some people had issue with even the marketing, where it's like she was in the forefront of the poster and Scott was in the background. But I'm like, that's fine. Yeah, it's the idea of like they're they're a team, and it's cool that you're getting like a, a great female character in the forefront, but in a way that's not like we're forcing it. Where it's like, no, this makes sense. This is a great movie to do it with. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some people were like, well, the Wasp was a founding member of the Avengers, so of course she should be first billing. Where it's like, that was Janet. And if we were doing this right, that then Janet and Hank would have been there from the get-go. But they didn't, so yeah. this isn't this isn't Janet Wasp. Let's not... Anyways. Uh, Anyhow. I get sidetracked. So, now we're going to go on to some news. Because there has been some news in Insert the past. Insert the news update yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> soundtrack has, here. There has been <clears throat> some big news uh, regarding Marvel. So the first one, and the lighter one, is that it is now absolutely 100% official. Disney is acquiring the rights to Fox's film library. Yep. Uh, So for any Marvel fans, that means we are getting X-Men, 
We are getting Fantastic Four. Yep. So be excited. We're getting Doctor Doom. We're getting Galactus. <laughs> We're getting. At this point, we've got all, almost all the characters back. Yeah. The only thing that we that that uh, I mean, obviously, Sony still owns the Spider-Man thing, but they have that deal worked out, as we said. Um, Paramount, I think, owns the the distributing rights for solo Hulk movies. Universal. So Universal. And it, oh, it, you know what? It, you're right, and so that's why they can't have a solo Hulk movie or a, a Hulk movie with Hulk in the title. Yeah. Because while Disney owns the rights to the character, the, the distributing rights in per- perpetuity are owned by Universal. Yeah. I think, and I think it's Paramount that owns sub the Submariner, <laughs> which is kind of a strange thing because of legal issues from the '90s. But which <clears throat> I'm kind of I have never been a Namor guy. Yeah. Like. I as you wear that, your Aqu- Aquaman shirt. As I shirt. rock my Aquaman shirt. Um, but even before I got into Aquaman, I was just like, I don't really care about Namor. He just never really appealed. And the freaking flippers on the feet looked stupid. They're wings. Looks stupid. That's the point, <laughs> Steve. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's a golden age hero. Yeah. So, uh, and I'm just like, I'd rather just have Aquaman. I think that be- was before I liked Aquaman. I think the, the longer we go into the, the MCU, the more I want to see something different. Like, I want, I would love to see a Cold War Ant-Man and the Wasp movie with Bucky oh, as the man, bad guy. Yes. And, or, and I, even maybe more, I want to see like a All Winners Squad, a World War Two. Uh, Captain America movie with Bucky and Captain America fighting, you know, alongside the Submariner, and uh, was, like that would be really fun. I was just thinking that where um, when I was watching Winter Soldier, where I'm like, okay, at this point, it's almost a hundred percent that Chris Evans is out. Mm-hmm. But I would love it if they could do like a, a World War Two mm-hmm. uh, flashback Cap movie, yeah, or or sequence or something where if we get another. Captain America movie where it's either going to be Falcon or Bucky but in this case I guess it would make more sense if it was Bucky but with Falcon you could do it like he stumbles across an old file where it's there's the memory of a mission if not the entire movie sure. like they've done a couple Captain America comics where when there's been two caps it's been like a divided story yeah. where it relates so you could do that you could godfather to it almost mm. But yeah, I mean, it'd be really cool to see even a movie about like as as if Bucky becomes Captain America, where the it's him exploring his past. Yeah, and you have a segment that's in World War Two, a segment that's in the Cold War, a segment that's in like the two thousands where he fights Black Widow, which they've already mentioned, and kind of like these things lead to him doing something in the modern day as well. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool too. Yeah. Anyway, so this is a way off track. Again, yeah, sorry. So. Uh, but the news is official. Uh, yep. Steve even said right before we started reviewing, apparently the boards on both, the vote went through within 15 minutes. Yeah, both boards had to vote on it and agree, and they yeah, both decided they want to make lots of money. Yeah. So <laughs> yep, they and that. It, it makes sense. May, um, not, may not be good for the industry, may not be good for the people who are working there. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully, prayerfully, it, it'll, it'll work out for those people. Yeah, it's good for the shareholders and... Yep. I guess uh, hopefully open some opportunities for fans too. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see going forward how they weave in all these things. Um, And with this news going through and the other news we're about to touch on, it might be rejigging Marvel's plans. Because uh, Marvel's plans after Avengers 4 was to go quite cosmic. Yeah. Uh, news broke during Comic-Con weekend. It has been announced that Disney has fired uh, director James Gunn uh, from Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I don't think Marvel's released a statement on this yet. And I'm hoping that they can figure out something where they can bring him back. Mm. Um, what happened was a, uh, a conservative news person or pundit from a website or something a guy from gamergate if you know what that is okay yeah he, it, it's uh, not gamersgate isn't a like website it's like a controversy in the yeah. video gaming world that just causes stirs up a lot of yeah problems he uh he had had apparently some run-ins with james gunn in the past mm-hmm. online and then what he did was he dug up uh some admittedly awful tweets yeah these aren't these aren't the tweets from James Gunn's past, they're not just offhanded, stupid remarks no. that he shouldn't have said. These are like very vile things they, that they he are very, say. They yeah. are very, very vile things, um, which this uh, person dug up and, and posted online, and then Disney quickly fired him. Yeah. Uh, the thing about this story, though, is that 
not only were these from 10 years ago, this is something that James Gunn has addressed, something he has apologized for, something he has explained, where he's like, at that time in my life, I was a very angry person. I was trying to be very provocative. Uh, I haven't seen much of his earlier work or other work aside from Guardians. Yeah, I don't know anything But about apparently him. it is in tone with the films he was making at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have read some of the tweets. I'm not, I would never recommend going to read them because they're, they're attempts at humor that aren't funny. They're vile. They're repulsive. That being said, this is something that this man has apologized for. Something that he has explained. This is something that's come up. It came up six years ago. Oh, uh, did it really? Yeah, before Guardians. uh, From other people being... When it was announced he was directing, other people brought up these tweets and were like, are you sure you want this guy to help your movie? Mm. And then he addressed it. He apologized. Dude has gone out of his way continuously to apologize. So for Why wouldn't he just... He should have just gone back and deleted his tweets at that point. Well, yeah. uh, But doesn't stop people screenshotting. Yeah, it's true. Uh, but for all intents and purposes, it's almes like due, due to tone. Like he has he has apologized. He has not repented in a religious sense, but he he's done his he's done the work to show like I'm not this person. I've apologized for these continuously and not surface surfacely. So the thing that bothers me about this is I think it sets a dangerous... Uh, it can set a dangerous precedent. I think that's, that set precedent has been set a long time ago. It's not just this is like the first time that's happened. No, but in the sense of... It, I've seen some people be like, well, they're just doing to him what they did to Roseanne Barr. But that was a very different situation where that was a current thing. That wasn't a a past thing being dug up where you can see like he's done his effort. That what the Roseanne Barr situation was something that happened very recently, and a current attitude and a con- and a concurrent attitude. Yeah, where that firing made sense to me. This does not, and the thing that is kind of fearful and where I have trouble with it is, heck, I've said a lot of stupid things ten years ago. Heck, debatably, I've said a lot of stupid <laughs> things last week. Yeah. Um, and I don't think, especially when someone has, like, done the, done the work and apologized and atoned, what have you, that their livelihood should be able to be affected. Mm. I don't think that people should be trying to target someone's livelihood because of that. Yeah. Now, you're right. That is something that has come up continuously through doxing and all this other stupidness. But I think Disney was in the wrong to fire him. At least that, like that's my opinion. Sure. Where, if anything, it should have been like, all right, gun, you you need to do some damage control for this again, where a dude can apologize again. Yeah. But yeah, and and I I uh, I think I largely agree with you. I um, I think the bigger thing about it is, uh, you know, everyone's talking about now that Marvel owns or Disney owns Fox. There's this huge conglomerate which is was true you know these are, are legitimately things that we need to be concerned about and um, the weight of that in the industry is potentially dangerous thing yeah. right but even they are still gonna bow to the weight of public opinion on the internet because yeah. that has become I, we have become in North America or even the West a shame-based culture all of a sudden because yeah. of Twitter largely yeah um, where people can find things in your past and expose it and ruin your life yeah and and whether or not you know things that are good have been exposed. I think in in general that's a, a negative thing for us. Yeah. Um, and and to understand, we need to understand as a culture that the internet is written in ink, right? Once you have it out there, it, you can't get it back. Yeah. Uh, unless nobody notices and you delete it right away, like it's it's out there. Yeah. And um, you need to be really careful what you say. And um, we also need to to think as a culture about how we treat those kinds of sins that are all of a sudden you know like we have zero tolerance for certain things in our culture yeah. now uh, and i don't think that there's just no grace there and i think that's that's just not good for us yeah so i i kind of get a little bit like disney has this family friendly persona that they put up in terms of this is who we are which i largely appreciate for them yeah. as a, an industry um and the things that he said are are so vile 
I mean, it, it, it's not just sort of platitudes of them saying, "Well, this just goes against our." Like, it really does go against their yeah uh, standard as an as a you know a company. So, um, I do think, yeah, like, well, okay, he apologized, right? Like, don't maybe don't give him the axe just for that, but yeah, um, yeah. I mean, there's just a lot of things to consider in there. And one of that I found interesting is how the the cast of Guardians of the Galaxy has reacted to it, right? Yeah. Like. First of all, a lot of fans are upset about it, but like Dave Bautista is like furious. Yeah, uh, and <laughs> um, Chris Pratt, who who is uh, professes a, a, to be a Christian, all he's done is post Bible verses. So he posted from James about you know about not judging, mm-hmm. uh, and then he posted something from the Gospels about a house divided itself against itself cannot stand. So everyone's kind of like, well, what does that mean? So like you know, there's this speculation that the the cast is maybe ready to walk over this. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I mean, some other people haven't really said a whole lot. Yeah. Um, but um, it's well. We'll see how that plays out for the. Yeah. Because I'm not sure what they're going to do moving forward. Um, and I definitely agree. We are in very much a shame based culture right now, where we want to bring to light people's wrongs. We want to believe people when they cite these things but like people do things for the wrong reasons yeah they hop on stuff uh and do things again for the wrong reasons like (sighs) well and it's interesting that you know the world views christianity as a very judgmental thing yeah um and you know especially for our stance on sexuality and and certain things like that but um, and, and there are segments of Christian culture, um, and even people who are legitimately Christians, who really are cruel and judgmental to people yes. that, that, that they see as sinful, or maybe even are legitimately sinful. They just don't deal with that well. Um, but I think in general, part of the, the reason that people jump on Christians so much for the judgment is because the way that our world deals with sin is there's no grace right like if we mm-hmm. think we think that so much is okay and we're all good people so when someone shows that they're not a good person the world doesn't know what to do with that and they just say well this person's a monster yeah and we have to shun them yeah uh, there's something actually wrong with them in the head and, and i mean people do that it's not just liberal people doing that conservatives it's conservatives doing it to liberals it's yeah. you know and that's just shows the human condition right whereas you know what's one of the things that I, I value and cherish about the story of Christianity and the story of Jesus is um, we're able to say based on the Bible that there is right and wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, and all of us struggle with right and wrong. Yeah. It's not just those monsters over there. It's me, starting with me. But there's grace and there's forgiveness uh, and there's room for repentance. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe there's consequences for things that you do. Oh, right? absolutely, but, yeah. Uh, but I have no right to look at you and say you're a monster because... I'm no better than you. And for me, I guess that's where I really struggle with this and, mm-hmm. and the court of public opinion. Um, and like, again, with the example of James Gunn, where it's them firing him for something that he had done wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no denying that those tweets were wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's trying to be funny and joking about things that shouldn't be joked about. But we as Christians, like, we are offered a grace that is undeserved. We are offered a redemption that we can't earn. Mm -hmm. And then we are told to forgive others and emulate Christ. So when I've been given that, and I see other people not offering that, especially other groups of people who are like, we are more loving and embraceful than you judgmental, (laughs) you judgmental people. Like, that, I really struggle with that. So, yeah. The court of public opinion is something that I, I have a lot of issues with. Mm-hmm. Uh, screen junkies, when they were talking about this at Comic-Con, they, uh, they brought it up. It's almost like once the public has ruled you as a monster, it's like you're, you're one forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether or not you actually do the work to atone. Mm-hmm. Like anytime Mel Gibson pops up now, it's like he, did, he didn't said some absolutely horrible things. Very true. But if you look into it, Mel has also, after the wake of the, the first couple like times when he was intoxicated and the other issues, he went to synagogues. He apologized. He served. Like, yeah. he, he served. He helped. 
like dude has gone out of his way to show like no I'm repenting for my mistake I've learned from it yeah but that's something that's all always going to hang over him yeah. and for well, some because we like we like a spectacle more than we like the truth right yeah I mean yeah yeah so hopefully uh, we'll we'll see what happens because a lot of the rumors coming out and the discussions like. James Gunn was going to be a huge part of Marvel going cosmic. And and I'll be honest, if he's not, I won't be that upset. Because I didn't love Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and Fair Guardians enough. of the Galaxy 1 wasn't my favorite part. Fair and, enough. And actually, my least favorite part of Infinity War was the Guardian stuff. Huh. Especially Star-Lord. I, I <laughs> just I couldn't stand him in that. I just thought he was written as a doofus and ruined everything. And yeah, just a lot of stupid jokes. So, I mean... I, I've never loved his input. I thought Guardians was okay. I thought Guardians 2 was dumb. And yeah, so, I mean, aside from the ethical issues of this, I mean, I don't... I'm, I'm sure they can find somebody else who can do a good mm. job with it, but I wouldn't miss him if he wasn't around. Fair uh, enough. Yeah. I, I liked Guardians 1 a lot more than you did. We're pretty yeah. even on Guardians 2. Yeah. Um, like, I think Taika Waititi would be a better cosmic person than... That, that would be interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I really love Thor Ragnarok. I think he's got... I mean, he, he's able to be crass and crude, too. But, yeah. I mean, like... Have you seen Hunt for the Wilder People? No, I haven't. It's such a good movie. It, I just watched Caleb it again. just recommended it I just watched it again day. recently. If you haven't seen it, it's basically um, New Zealand up in live action. <laughs> like, it's so good. Um, it has, has a part that kind of has a uh, a little bit, not not much. <laughs> Still has a little bit of the same things. There's a, there's a, there's a scene in there um, where there's like a pastor who's saying some things, and it's kind of irreverent to Jesus. Mm. Uh, and there's another part of kind of veiled sexual humor, uh, but besides that, it's it's just really heartfelt and really quirky and really good. Nice. Uh, anyway, so but yeah, I would like to see him, you know, take what he did with Thor Ragnarok and go a little further into the cosmic stuff with it too. It'd be so. interesting to see if he will, um, yeah. but with if Guardians three gets made, if the cast doesn't like, we're walking. Yeah, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if someone they ended up having to go with a no name because it's almost like the situation around that movie. It's going to be like you're the one that ruined Guardians, or you're the one that couldn't capture like the the James Gunn voice or anything. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, Lest we beat this topic into the ground. Yeah, let's uh, sign off. Yeah, let's sign off. So, dear listener, thank you for listening. Uh, what did you think of Ant-Man and the Wasp? And what do you think of uh, the Marvel news of... It's official. Disney is has acquired Fox. Um, and the situation going on with uh, with James Gunn. I almost said with Taika Waititi. Uh, Luna is attempting to maul Steve for love, so we better go. Uh, you say bye, Luna? Bye, Luna? Ah. Oh, oh, she licks his face. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. I hope you all have a wonderful day. And uh, if you can, hit up our Redbubble site. We've got some awesome merch. Thank you all for listening. Dog attack. A- Dog attack. Have Bye. a wonderful day, guys. God bless. Take care.